with James O'Brien. Let's get this party started. It's three minutes after 12. It's Thursday. That can mean only one thing. It's your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you befuddled, bedazzled, discombobulated, confused complicated for the longest time the way it works is really very straightforward if you haven't heard it before you probably have seen those newspaper columns which uh, invite readers to send in a question that other readers are then invited to answer it can take weeks for satisfaction to be achieved satisfaction here is achieved within seconds you can insert your own smutty punchline at will uh, the phone lines are wide open if you hit the numbers now you will get through 08456060973 if you've tried already and failed to get through have another crack now someone is actually going to answer the phone this time uh, you can email and text but you'll be completely ignored because it's all about the phones during this hour i also have a bit of a treat for you coming up if you are a regular we had a week off last week so this is a, a return from hiatus uh, we've got well, i hesitate to say this because i alienate all the other people who've been kind enough to do their own Mystery Hour theme tunes in the past, but I think I might have a new favourite Mystery Hour theme tune coming up. That's a little treat for the regulars, for the newcomers. Know only this. Your question will be welcome as long as it is not repetitious, i.e. something that we've dealt with relatively recently and can actually remember the answer to, or boring. And that involves most motoring-related questions, because they are just boring. Or the sort of questions that, like your dreams, might be really interesting to you, but are unlikely to be interesting to anybody else um that that's it as far as rules go if you're listening on podcast it's increasingly important apparently judging by the people um who contact me via twitter every week at mr james ob is, is my twitter address but the number of people on podcast who, who find themselves wishing they could ring in remember if you're listening to a podcast you can't answer any of the questions <laughs> because it's already finished by the time you're hearing this uh two phone lines free grab them quickly i won't mention the number unless there are lines into the building that you can take advantage of oh eight four five six 6060973. If you hear someone else ask a question to which you know the answer, then please ring in. That's just more important than ringing in with questions. We never really run out of questions. But if you hear someone else ask a question to which you know the answer, particularly if your reason for knowing the answer to that question is a little bit extraordinary, if your qualifications are... Actually, that's not true. Actually, It doesn't matter what your qualifications are, whether you've seen it on the telly or whether you learnt it during your uh, master's degree in rocket science. You're equally welcome. The point is that it will not be Mystery Hour without mysteries being solved. Howard is in Dulwich. Howard, you can kick us off this week. What is your question? Hi, James. It's a topical one. Um, I went to Crystal Palace Fireworks with my son on uh, Tuesday, and he asked, Gabriel, that is, and he asked me how high the fireworks go in the sky. Do you know, I learned this week that space is only 60 miles away. Yeah, yeah. That's that's about Reading. That's like going to Reading and back. It is, yeah, but it's, it's not helping you, is it? That information. Obviously, no, they don't go up into space. space. But so, what? The maximum normal firework? How high into the sky does it go? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I quite like that. The the one I went to, we went to the one in Chiswick Business Park, and they actually launched the fireworks off the top of one of the buildings. So that gave them about four stories of a head start over the fireworks that most people saw launched from the ground. I I, I don't know. What's the what? I mean, what would affect it? Is there a limit on how high a firework can go? It's going to interfere with. With aircraft, if it goes too high, like weather balloons sometimes do, you're right, it's sort of topical, Howard. I mean, arguably, it's, it's either four days late or 361 days early, I don't know, but, but I take your point. Mark's in Harlow. Mark, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Yes. I was uh, wondering if anyone out there would know uh, who would have been the first country to implement the use of a flag. The first national flag? Yeah. What a brilliant question. 
What's what's made what's made you think of that? Uh, Joe, I just uh, I was just thinking about it the other day and how kind of countries use flags to. Uh, I'm, I was watching something about uh, basically about uh, history and and what have you, and obviously they talk a lot about countries claiming land with their flags and such. And it just made me think, you know, where, where, where did the use of flags come from and who, who was, like, the first person? I mean, it's quite a genius invention, really. I think it's quite a genius question. <laughs> I really you. do. I, I can't believe... I've been doing mystery out now for some years. And every week, there's one or two questions that come on, and I can't believe we've never asked them before. That's absolutely brilliant. We haven't asked it before, have we, Jones? I'm, I'm just checking with Jones, the engineer, there. I hope not. <laughs> no. I, with, with the first... Na- and also, I mean, <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did it work? Because if you've got the only national flag, it's a bit pointless, isn't well, it's, it? Uh, that's, that's it, yeah. I mean, it must have been. I wonder whether maybe a couple of countries done it and then everyone else kind of... It's going to be ships, isn't it? It's going to be related to ships, don't you think? Uh, so that yeah, you that's... know not to shoot at that ship over there or armies. Yeah, it's going to be something to do with war. yeah. Don't shoot me, I'm on your side, mate. That would be the first yeah. flag. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll find out, though, the first national flag. What was the first... If there is an answer to that question, I, for one, can't wait to hear it. Uh, fireworks and flags. Going for the three Fs with Mark in... No, with Paul in Woodford. Paul, what have you got? Oh, I took my wind out myself, that one, James. <laughs> well done. <laughs> right, um, bear with me on this, right? Yeah. You go on holiday, you get on an aeroplane, and that aeroplane, for example, just weighs 100 tonnes, yeah? Yeah all laden up with its fuel and bags and people. Mm. Of that 100 tonnes, say one tonne of it is food, yeah. okay? Yeah. When that plane lands, okay, everyone's had their meals, yeah. how much of that one tonne of food, is it still there, or does it all get digested away? Why, 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 why have you brought aeroplanes into this? Why can't you just say there's a bloke with his lunchbox, does he weigh the same as the bloke with an empty lunchbox after he's eaten his lunch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could draw the same conclusion, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well, where are we going with this? Are you, I mean, are you, is it because if you digest the food, some of it gets turned into gas? Or? Well, yeah, I just, I've always wondered. You know, you get on a plane, t- tons and tons of food on there, everything. How much of that weight in food still exists when the plane lands? Yeah, I, I like this question. I'm just not sure who'd be able to answer it because what does it turn into? The food turns into heat. It turns into Kinetic, it's all energy, yeah, I, I isn't don't know, it? So yeah. Heat energy, kinetic energy, there'll be some flatulence. Yep. Uh, and turbulence as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how, no. Uh, right, you're on. I, I'm just trying to think whether we can phrase the question in a, in a neater way. Is a pla- Well, yeah, you've done it already. Is an aeroplane any lighter when it lands than it is when it takes off because of all the food that's been consumed? Yeah. Leaving, leaving fuel, fuel out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. The human fuel, as it were, as yeah. opposed to the aviation fuel. I like that question. I really hope we get an answer, but I will not be, I will not be speechless with surprise if we don't. Uh, Karen is in Fulham. Karen, question or answer? It's a question. Well, before you ask it, let me remind everybody listening, we've, we're about to have four questions on the board, which means if you can answer any of these, then do feel free to get involved as early as possible. Karen, on with your question. Yeah, it's about, like, houses on the really sloped streets in, like, old mining towns in Wales. Yeah. You know, like, the really, really sloped streets. Yeah, um, on hills. Houses on, on hills, hills. exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do they compensate, like, the levels, like, the floors in the house? Uh, how do they compensate for the slope, like the architects when they built them? Did they... Well, did I've they been in a the... house. I've been in a house where you can climb out of the upstairs windows. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Wow, that sounds cool. So you go straight onto the is that the, on, the is that the answer? That's what you mean, isn't it? Yeah, you can climb out of the upstairs window onto the hill. No, no. How do they? How do they like? Um, how do they plan to build a house like that? Do they? Well, like, it's not very difficult, is it? Well, it's just do they dig out into the hill, or because otherwise there would be one really tiny floor and yeah, there is. That's why. <laughs> that's why you can climb out of the upstairs window in my friend's house in the Lake District. Yeah, but then the rest of the house would just come out. Yes, it does. From the hill, right? So, well, you need to draw a picture. So, what you you imagine a house as a rectangle, right? Yeah. Well, you just need to shorten one side of the rectangle, and that's what you've got when you're building on a hill. Um. Yeah, but then, so the bottom floor is that just like a really tiny floor? You're not accepting my answer, which makes me wonder whether <laughs> I'm, I'm missing something. Would you allow me to consult with my colleague Jones, the engineer? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Just a moment. Who's? Is it? Well, I mean, you want the architecture answer, Karen. What's that, sorry? You want the actual specific technical architect architecture answer. Uh, yes, please. I would, <laughs> I would just like to know how they, how they well, because, plan it. Because I think the answer is, well, the back wall is shorter than the front wall. Okay. Is it, but I don't know what an architect could tell you, having studied for seven years, that doesn't effectively <laughs> boil down to the back. The back of the house is a shorter wall than the front of the house. But then, but then inside the house there will be like a... A slope as well, or do they dig it no, out? No, there or? won't be a slope. It, it'll be, I mean, <laughs> I hate it when this happens because either I'm being, there's no <laughs> polite way of putting this, Karen. Either like, on one this. of us is being stupid. And it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it's me. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I mean, it's possibly, possibly, usually the, the cockier <laughs> I get on questions like this, the more embarrassing the denouement will be. But have you got a pen in front of it? Have you got a pen and paper? Yes, I do. Well, draw a slope. Now draw a, a, a house on the slope with a, a short back wall and a, and a long front wall so that the, yeah. roof, the roof is flat, right? Yes. Completely flat. The roof is 180 degrees. Uh-huh. Now draw another line a little bit below the roof. Yeah. And another line a little bit below that. Uh-huh. You see? That's a house. Yeah, but then inside the house, like the bottom of the house will be, like there will be, the bottom floor will be really small. Cause well, they could, build, they could build out the bottom floor further if you're worried about that. <laughs> I guess that is what I'm worried about. Oh, all right, I, I give up. I'm going to get an architect. It's okay. It's okay. I get. I get no, no, you. no, 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 no. You're being polite now. I'm going to get an architect. Okay. There's got to be an architect listening. <laughs> all right. Thank I'll you. See, I'll see what I can do. Are we all right with the question? Are we clear on what the question actually is? Building a house on a hill. Fool on a hill. Um, pay attention all week. LBC ninety-seven point three brings you a special report on how projects and individuals are making a difference in London's communities. We've teamed up with the Halifax Giving Extra Awards, which help give back to those who give extra in life. So do listen all week and find out how to make a nomination at lbc.co.uk. More mysteries posed and solved, and a spanking new theme tune that puts me in mind of Mike Skinner's best work. After this, LBC. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 19 minutes after 12. How high can a firework go? Is it legally limited or, or limited by, I don't know, gunpowder? What was the first national flag? That's my favourite question for a very long time. Brilliant question. And food, what you weigh when you haven't eaten food. So if you're holding food in your hands, or if there's an aeroplane full of people and food, and it doesn't take off so they don't use any fuel, but it gets stuck on the runway and they eat all the food, will the aeroplane weigh less than it did before? 
This is one of my favourite answers in a long time. The text to 84850. James, there was a scientist... There was a scientist in the 1700s, I think, who sat on a set of scales for a year, monitoring his weight and what he ate. I can't remember his name, though. That's the end of the text. That's, that's brilliant. You can't remember the name of the scientist, what he discovered, or the answer to the question that we're asking. But it's sort of relevant, so you sent it in. I love that. That's why Mystery Hour works so well. And, I, I mean, how do you build a house on a hill? I think the answer is that you just build the back wall much shorter than the front wall, but it was clearly some sort of more sophisticated response required. I wonder if an architect or something similar can provide it. Gary and Gary, two Garys up next. Before those two Garys, what do Chris Off and Clumsy Tongue, Fizzy Fifty and Beat Fox have in common? And how is Lone Drum set to join them? You haven't tuned into the wrong radio station. This is London's biggest conversation, but Chris Offen, Clumsy Tongue, Fizzy Fifty and Beat Fox have already submitted Mystery Hour theme tunes. Lone Drum is about to join their number. And this, I have to tell you, is, is probably, much as I love all the others, this is probably the closest so far to my own musical tastes. Welcome to the mystery It's James O'Brien Education in the name of science Like how many hairs in the mane of a lion And the really tall people The same as giants I don't know I suggest you ask James Or maybe read the book if you can't wait But if you know the answer you can partake Pick up a phone, call James We can parlay it's the mystery hour, the clone drum, ten JLB. It's the mystery hour. Wow, Mr. Drum. You've excelled yourself. That was exceptional. Uh, and uh, I love that, actually. That's my ringtone sorted for the next 12 months. Uh, back to Mystery Hour proper. Let's parlay, as Lone Drum suggested. Gary's in Oxford. Gary, question or answer? I have an answer for you, James. You don't sound excited. That was a tune, my friend. That was a tune of the very first order, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, it did sound quite good, actually, on the phone. It was, it was very good. Very good. I'm, I'm impressed. What's the answer? What's the question you're answering? It's an answer to the firework question. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, at the top of the hour, you said about um, qualifications being weird or wonderful or yes. master's degrees, etc. I got this answer from a Twitter feed of the Metropolitan Police helicopter who um, a follower asked a question about the fireworks either Monday or Tuesday this week. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Fireworks. Excellent. And the helicopters, or not the helicopter itself, but the people who run the helicopters, their response was that the fireworks go to around two or 300 feet, and because they fly between 1,500 and 2,500 feet, they're not affected by the fireworks. Fair play. So, I mean, is there a limit on it, do we know? Or do we just know how high they go? They're not going to go any higher than 300 a, feet. A, a limit on what, sorry? The fire on how high they're allowed to go. I mean, if you and I invented something that was, you know, if we just put loads of gunpowder in it, we could probably send I, it higher than that. I don't know if we're allowed to. I suspect it probably is a law, not one that they mention or nor the one that I know of. But, um, but the average fireworks go between two or 300 feet is what they said in the Twitter feed. And they said because they fly higher than that, they're not affected by it. Beautifully because done. Because commercial aviation fly higher than that as well, I suspect they're not affected by it. <laughs> Who would have thought, when you signed up to follow the Twitter feed of the Metropolitan Police's helicopter, <laughs> yeah. that it would come to serve you in such a spectacular fashion, Gary? Well, following. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's earned you this, the first round of applause of the week. 
Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. Perfect example there of just how unexpected the source for the answer can be. Another Gary. This one's in Walthamstow. Question or answer, Gary? Uh, answer, Jane. Come on, then. It's about the food. They, they would weigh exactly the same. No. Um, matter, it it's just changes in form. So it, you can't destroy matter and you can't create it. So whatever matter there is in the universe now is what there was and what there will always be. So you can't add to it. If the plane was completely sealed yeah. and you burnt all the food, it would still weigh exactly the same because you haven't got rid of the matter that was there initially. So all, otherwise, if you ate a lot of food, you'll be getting lighter. You'll so if I, if I, well, you couldn't, you'd struggle to do this in a vacuum. So just theoretically speaking, if you burnt a log of wood in a sealed room, it would weigh the same as ash, as yeah, it would it, as a log of wood. It's the, it's the crucible question. If you took the earth and put it in a crucible and sealed it completely so nothing could escape and you yeah. burnt it all down, it would still weigh exactly the same. What about heat, though? Yeah, heat has weight. Yeah, but not as much weight as a lump of coal. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. It's, no, it's the... So you're talking about matter. I think this is about energy. It, it doesn't matter whether you change it from matter to energy. It will still exist in the same but, way. But, but a man and a sandwich, right? Yeah. Weighs X stone. Right. Man eats sandwich. Yeah. Some of that potential energy contained within the sandwich is transferred into heat energy, which weighs nothing effectively. No, no, everything weighs something. You just, you, it's, it's your ability to measure how much it actually weighs. But it all weighs something. Heat? Well, okay, does cold weigh? Sorry? Does cold weigh something? Yeah, of course it does. It, it can, look, it, everything, that is, it, everything you have is made up of... of I don't, I'm not buying this, mate, sorry. On. I mean, okay, so what weighs more, heat or cold? It depends how much of it you have. Like okay, you've got the same amount of both. What weighs more, heat or cold? I, I, that I can't answer. But you what have to, to be right. Hot no, X no. or cold X, what weighs more? Sorry? Hot X or cold X, what weighs more? They both weigh exactly the same if you've got the same amount. Nah. No, James, hang on. Of course let, me they explain. Don't. Let, let me explain to you. Go on. It's, it's, it's the one that you say, what weighs more? A ton of bricks no, or... No, it's not that um, at all. I know that one. It's a, it's a daft point to make. You told me that everything has a weight, so I'm asking you how much cold weighs. Well, well, that would be like trying to ask me what every single thing weighs on, on the planet. I couldn't answer that question. Why not? You said it's all got a weight? No, it will have a weight, won't it? Yeah, Gary, I've got, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, the bad news. Bad news is you're off. Right. Good news is, when I'm this cocky with a caller, I'm usually wrong ten minutes later. <laughs> That's OK. All right, so we'll take our chances. Okay. Gary, mind how you go. You could be getting a round of applause later, or or, or you could be getting a coating. Pally's in Southall. Pally, question or answer? What? Pally! Yes. Me. Hello, hello, can you hear me? No. Who's that? Yes, no. All oh, right, it's Pally. Oh, Pally. What, not Pally in Southall? Yes, yes. yes. Mate, you phone mystery hour. Yes. You're on it. Yes, all right, that's great. Right, yeah. I've got an answer. Go on. Right, um, it's about the um, the weight question. Yes. And, yes. the, and the food. Yes. Um, Have you got your be... radio on by any chance, Pally? No, no, I'm in just in someone's house, so... Whose house? Sorry. Well, just... I'm just stepping outside now. Okay. So. Yeah, right. Whose house is that, it? That's, that's... Do you know them? Uh, but we're supposed to be asking the questions, not you. Good, well, that's a fair point, but <laughs> I think in the meantime, <laughs> right. I'm just a little no, worried. No, you no. haven't just walked into a random house to make a phone call. No, 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 no. I was, in, I was inside, and now I've come outside. Okay. Um, obviously... Where right. were we? Um... 
<clears throat> right, you had a text earlier on about the, the guy who weighed himself in the 1700s or something. Yeah. Um, I think the guys watched the same Discovery Channel program as me. Probably. And, um, right, there was a guy who spent, uh, he spent 40 years, according to the, the TV, yeah. on a set of scales. 40 and he years? Every, 40 years, yes. Good grief. Because he was, he was, he could afford to. Okay. And, um, he spent 40 years from when he was about 20 to lose about 60. And he, he spent his entire, so he had 40 years on a set of scales. So everything yeah. that he weighed, he weighed everything before he ate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously he weighed himself when, you know, it came out the other end as well. Yeah. It was 60% of what he consumed was what he experienced. Yes. But the so, rest would go in and, heat and gas, wouldn't it? Yes, but it, because he was moving, it was all because he, he used the energy up. But if, it was, in a, if used... it was in a sealed box on the scale, it'd be a bit smelly, but it would be a more... I don't think that answers the question, that experiment, because it has to yeah. be a sealed box, doesn't it? I, I think the questioner was... Well, no, he, spe- he, uh, he slept there, he uh, redone it, everything. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't a vacuum, there, was it? Otherwise he wouldn't be able to breathe. It wasn't sealed. So the, all yeah, the other that's, stuff, that's the weird. 40% is, is yeah. still there, but where's it gone? You see, the last caller, Gary... No, but he's used it. He used it when he's... You know, if, you, if you have cold, yes, you'll get some cold, you'll burn it, and obviously, once it's burnt... I think you're right. I think you're right. So, uh, so, so all the people on the plane who've eaten the food have moved around. They've burnt off some of that energy as heat yes. and, and kinetic yes. energy. And that does not weigh. This is where I got confused with Gary and perhaps a little bit impatient. He was claiming it still weighed something. It doesn't weigh something when I move no, my arm around. Once, yeah, once you've used it, so, you know, it's like yeah, you eat something... So, it would. so you, the you, plane you, would you, weigh less when it landed after everyone had eaten the food? Yes. I think you're right, mate. What are your qualifications? Oh, you watched it on the telly. I uh, watched it on the telly, yeah. Although I couldn't tell you the name of the guy, the scientist who weighed himself. Why not? Because it was so long ago that, um, you know, that's right. the only relevant, you know, I knew it would come in useful sometimes, but... Uh, you were right. I'm going to give you a round of applause, but you have to share it okay, with whoever's house you. it was you were in when this call started. Thank you very much. All right. Something funny going on there. What's he doing in that house? Well done, Pally. Uh, more of this, if you can bear it, after this. Eleanor Noakes is here with the headlines. It's come out a terror suspect who escaped surveillance in Acton by changing into a burqa is suing the government. 27... Conversation with James O'Brien. It's 33 minutes after 12. We're midway through Mystery Hour and we're ticking them off with alacrity and enthusiasm, possibly also with a slightly fraudulent feeling on that um, aeroplane question, the food question. I, I think... Anyway, and we've given out a round of applause, but it's still buzzing away on Twitter. If you want to join in, by the way, at Mr. James O.B. is my name on there. And I have to tell you, that new Mystery Hour theme tune has gone absolutely bonkers. You love it at least as much as I do, which is very, very gratifying. I would like you next to turn your attention to some of the questions that remain. What was the first national flag? What's the story behind it? Because every country has a flag, but one of them must have gone first, odd though that sounds. And how do you build a house on a hill? I I think that the questioner needs a more architectural uh, flavour to the answer than I was managed, I was able to provide. Uh, Of course, there's room for more questions. If you hear me say the phone number, it means there are phone lines free. Matt's in Englefield Green. Matt, question or answer? It's a question, please, James. Good man. Um, right. If you went back in time yeah. uh, to when the average life expectancy was, say, 30 or 40 years old, yeah, would people uh, at 30 and 30, 40 years old look old like they do now? So, like an 80-year-old man's wrinkly, with grey <laughs> hair, etc. 
That's a great question. Why do you want to know? What, what, what made you think of it? I'll tell you what it is. I've got to be honest. It was my daughter's 21st birthday yesterday. And, yeah. uh, my daughter, Katie, Katie Williamson. And she... she <laughs> well done. She, she, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and she asked that question. She asked me that question, yes. Yeah. We were talking about average life expectancy and the fact that, you know, we're all living older, etc. Sounds like and, a great uh, party, yeah. Matt. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't want to sit next to me as a <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> I, I, I think a lot to life expectancy was to do with disease. I don't know if people died of old age as much as they do now. They, you could die of a toothache in Tudor times, couldn't you? Yeah, poor diet and things like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think the aristocracy lived old, uh, older. But Plus I think change. it's still, you know, a question. I'm yeah, sure. I know. I do as well. So when life expectancy yeah. was much shorter, did you still look really old? When you were yeah, sort of at the yeah. upper end of it, I like that. I, li- yeah, I, I would have thought you. not, but I, I don't know. So we'll leave. We'll get you an answer. And, and very happy birthday to Katie Williamson, as well. I got that right, didn't I, Matt? You did. Thank you so much. Twenty first key to the door. Terry's in Bromley. Terry, question or answer? Yeah, that's go easy. I mean, I'm a little bit nervous. You, Terry? Yes, I am. You nervous? I'm... Do me a favour. Yes, I am. Get on I've with got... it. <laughs> I've got two good friends, twins. Yeah. Their dad's black and their mum's white. Yeah. One of the twins, they're identical. One of the twins is black and the other one's white. Well, they're not identical, well, then, are they? <laughs> but, but they look exactly the same. Yeah, I understand. The facial features are identical, but one of them's got brown skin and one of them's got pink skin. What's the probability of that? Oh, come off it. The probability? Well, what's the probability? It's got to be something, isn't it? Well, you'd have to find every set of twins on the planet with, with parents of different ethnicities, and then work out... Because I've got mates like... I don't see them now, but when I was a kid in Kidderminster, they, uh, I had friends exactly the same, but they weren't identical. They, they were twin brothers. But one was mixed of mixed-race appearance, and one was clearly of Caucasian appearance. I don't know how we're going to get the odds, Terry. Uh, well, never go. Yeah, well, no, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained. When you say they're identical, I mean, is it really like looking in a mirror but with, with the lighting changing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one's black, one's white. But otherwise, they're exactly identical. Yes, that's incredible. I know, and I just wondered if someone knew the answer. I've got, I mean, the odds on that—they might be the only ones on the planet. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> One in a billion. I really want to see them. Can you send us a picture? <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get a photograph of later. And yeah, seriously. I really. I mean, that's absolutely fascinating. I'll try and find out what are the, what are the odds of that. <laughs> that could be a whole new show. What are the odds of that? Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three is the number to call. Jan's in Gateshead. Jan, question or answer? Hi, it's a question. Good. Nice to talk to you. Likewise. Um, I was in Durham Cathedral. Oh, beautiful. And I went down to the chapel of St Cuthbert. Oh, yes. And his picture is painted on the ceiling. Yes. And he's wearing a cloak, and around the cloak are swastikas. Swastikas? Yeah. And they're not the Hindu swastikas. I know, you know, they've got no curly bits and there's no dot. They're just Hmm. plain, ordinary swastikas. What, not um, Nazi swastika? Wondered, They're the same yeah. as the Nazi swastika, the same shape and the sh- same... Yeah, only I'm sure this ceiling was painted before the Second World War. I don't know, though. And I just was. wondered why he would have swastikas around his cloak. I'm trying to think. You see, you'd be, I mean, what do we know about St Cuthbert? Mm, he was carried on a journey through Durham, and the end is... Bones ended up in Durham Cathedral, or maybe there's a little ancient church called St Mary and St Cuthbert, and they could be there. I'm not sure. 
But do we know if he travelled in the in the in 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 the subcontinent or anything like that? I don't know. I've got no idea why. When I first saw them, I I thought, oh, they can't be that, and and they were. And I've looked at it a couple of times, and they're definitely swastikas round on what I assume is ermine around the cloak. So they're on his clothes, and this is in a painting or on a stained glass window? No, it's on the ceiling, and it's like a Greek. Orthodox, you know, with all the gold on and all like the an blue icon. and everything. And, and so it's crops. painted in old paints, I would think. Yeah, well, so would I. Which makes me think it was there before the war. It's not the cross of St Cuthbert that looks, no. No, there's, there's swastikas. Well, I never. It's the only place I can find them, but that's, they're definitely there. So why has St. Cuthbert got swastikas on his cloak in the picture on the ceiling in Durham Cathedral? Yeah. That's a fascinating question. You definitely yeah. weren't seeing things, Jan. Yeah. It was definitely there. Yeah. No, you didn't it's, imagine it's, it. Or... I mean, it's something to notice if, if you go there, because it's right, it's right down. As you enter the cathedral, you walk right the way down to the little chapel for St. Cuthbert, and it's on that ceiling. Well, someone will know the answer to that, because yeah. if you've noticed it, someone else has noticed it, someone else has asked the question and found themselves an answer. Let's hope we yeah. can find them now. Uh, it's a beautiful city, though. Uh, that view must be the best in Britain, don't you think? The view yes, from for, uh, of, the, of the river and the cathedral. Absolutely glorious. Mm. Uh, that's a lovely train journey. Sorry, Jan, I, I just did it this summer. I went up to North Berwick, so I went through Durham. Oh, I went, Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Up that coast is such a glorious train journey, and Durham is probably the jewel in the crown of all of those views. Yes, did you know that Berwick, I mean, there was always lots of rows about Berwick, whether it was in England or whether it was in Scotland. That's Berwick-upon-Tweed. Yeah. Yes. And they had, um, they had a vote, and it was equal, and it was, they tried all sorts of oh, things really? to decide. Yes. And uh, they couldn't. So eventually they said, right, well, we're just going to draw a border right through the centre. So the centre came through one person's kitchen. Really? Yes, and in Scotland then, you couldn't drink on a Sunday. Right. So that she could only drink in one half of her kitchen on a Sunday. <laughs> I love that story. I know. And, <laughs> and many people just used to walk down the street, you know, where the pubs were open, because they weren't open in the other half, because that was the Scottish half. <laughs> I, I love that. And I know which side of the table I'd have been sitting on at Sunday last. Jan, thank you. Um, I, I, the swastika on St Cuthbert's cloak in the picture in Durham Cathedral. Uh, as Jan pointed out, we know that the swastika has a religious significance in, in other faiths. It's a religious symbol that way predates the Nazis. It was co-opted fr from the Hindu faith. You, I saw some swastikas when I was in Sri Lanka earlier this year on, on, on shrines to um, the, the, the elephant god, the god that's half human, half elephant. So it's unlikely to be linked to Hinduism, given that St. Cuthbert, off the top of my head, was 7th or 8th century. What, why, what would they be doing there? I don't know. Do you? Call me if so. Dominic's in Cobham. Dominic, question or answer? Uh, good afternoon, James. Hello, yes, it's a question. Well, it's a couple of answers now, but regarding the cross, I just have been listening to. But um, the, I'm an architect as well as a saxophone player, the ex-Amplefordian, that's who I am. Good man. And what have we got? <laughs> just concentrate have, on the architecture question for me, if you would. The architecture question first. Yes. If you draw, if you draw oh. a slope, depends what the gradient is, yeah. but draw the line. And then at the higher part, put a dot there. Yeah. Put a line horizontally. That yeah. would be your ground floor, if you like, level, yes. which you come into the house. 
Right. And then you continue along, and obviously if you drop down at the back of the house, let's call it, and then you have a triangle left, which is in, in mid-air, as it were. Yes. And that, so your ground floor is yes. at, at yes, a higher exactly. level. Yes, you exactly. You come in, and then you can cut in to the I've got the, the ground floor, I've triangle. got it the other way round, actually. I've yeah, got the ground exactly. floor at the lower so level. You can cut you... in, so, you know, the, the, the principle of cut and fill is that if you draw a tra- trapezoid, in other words, horizontal down, back up the slope and up into the air... Whatever you take out of the earth should should ideally equal whatever you put in. So it's in, in terms of cut and fill, that's the most economic way to do it. But that, that's how it works. And so you, you would have a be lower able, ground floor. Yes, and you'd yeah. be able to climb out of the window upstairs, as it were, onto well, the yes. ground behind yes. the house. And then you can cut back into the slope underneath the entry point on the high point. Beautifully and, done. And use that, you know. Qualification, yeah. seven years studying architecture. Um, Thirty-five. But we're doing it. Seven, seven years seven getting your degree yeah, in the seven. first place. I, I can yeah. only let you answer one question, even though you just flashed. Oh, what a shame! Even can't. though you flashed the old school tight, Dominic. I'm afraid I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't be allowing those funny handshake type behaviours. We've got to. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not far from the old alma mater either, Durham, is it? It's, 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 no. Well, I went to Newcastle and then I went to Cambridge for my last two years, so I, I knew I know Durham extremely well. So, and you know the answer to the swastika question. Well, I, I, yes, I'm, I'm sure I do. Yes. All right, well, yeah. we'll, keep, we'll keep your number on hold. There we go. Round of applause. Bernard's in catering. Bernard, question or answer? Well, this uh, architect has already uh, answered it, but very simply, uh, when you build a house on a hill, you build the foundations higher at the front and lower at the back, and you graduate it down so that when you lay the uh, ground floor, it's level. So he's already answered it, but that's a simpler answer. What's your interest? What are your qualifications? My qualifications, I live in Caterham, which is very hilly. Okay. And that's, I not live... a, that's not the best qualification I've no, ever No, no, wait a minute. <laughs> I, lived in, I lived in a house on a hill, so I've seen it, and I've seen the way it was constructed. Could you crawl out of the back window and actually still be on... on... No, no, oh. you don't, because oh. Uh, oh, uh, the back window was the normal height. You can still level where the window is, but the main thing is you build the front foundations higher than the back, you graduate it down... And so that uh, the ground floor I've is done level. it the other way around in my mind. You, you and Dominic have both got the front door being up, upstairs. Well, if you look at the houses in Caterham, uh, well, some of now. the... Pardon? I will now. Right, have a good look. I will. Some of the houses have got stairs up to the front door. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I just, when the question was originally asked, maybe that's why she didn't understand my answer, is I was picturing it the other way around. I was picturing coming in at the, uh, at the base of the triangle. Did he deserve that? I don't remember giving permission for that. He was just repeating what, what um, Dominic said. Yeah, but Dominic went to the same school as me. He did, he can't just, what's the point of flashing the old school tie if you don't get some sort of preferential treatment? Ridiculous. Chris is in acting. Chris, question or answer? No, you're not. It's travel now. J. Louise Knight is in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Thank you, James. The A... Ten to one, this is LBC 97.3. And uh, I've been sent that photograph of St. Cuthbert that apparently contains the, uh, the images of the swastika. We're trying to find out what that is about. I haven't actually managed to decipher the picture yet myself. That's one of the questions still in need of an answer on this week's mystery. Are there, what are the odds of two twins being uh, different colours? And, uh, I mean, what confused me about that question was the claim that they were identical twins. Clearly they're not if they're different colours, so I, I, I don't know. We'll find out. And the life expectancy question, that really deserves an answer, doesn't it? 
You know when life expectancy was about 40? Did 39-year-olds look like 79-year-olds do now? 0845 We've done the house on a hill. And what was the first national flag? There's lots there to get your teeth into. Chris is in Acton. Question or answer, Chris? It's an answer to the flag question. Good man. Um, the reason I know this answer, the boring answer, the answer is Denmark. Oh, yeah. The only reason I know it is because I'm a, a pub quiz organiser, if you like, my local pub, I do the pub quiz. That's not a, bo- that's a great reason. That's not boring at oh, all. I know. <laughs> and uh, I'm in the question, would you believe, next pub quiz. Where did you find was, it? Uh, in a book. Uh, someone, because I, I became the pub quiz host. Every birthday, every Christmas, guess what I get for presents? Trivia books, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I get pub quiz question books and I was just looking through the <laughs> for this next month's uh, uh, quiz and I saw the question oh, so is the the, this is the problem flag? so you've only got the Q and the A you haven't got the Y uh, that's the problem yeah uh, I suppose it still counts as the correct answer no oh blind don't worry you can tell you're a, you can tell you're a pub quiz addict can't you he's more worried about getting the prize than he is about providing the explanation uh, if memory serves Elsinore Castle, where where, uh, Hamlet, of course, is set, looks out over a sound to Norway, and the Danish royal family used to charge every ship that came through that sound. There was a massive amount of war going on with Norway and other countries over the centuries, but I wonder whether whether the the flag was the way of avoiding the charge to the Danish crown for using that bit of water. Would it have been the Vikings as well, maybe? I don't think they had flags. They had beards. Did they not? No. Right, I'm going to give. I'm going to give you a round of applause, even though you can't yes. prove that you're right. <laughs> yes, he said, "Get in." <laughs> yes. When's the next? When, when's the next quiz? When's the next quiz, Chris? Have a free advert. Thursday, the 29th of November, at the Queen Vic Pub on Southwark Park Road in Bermondsey. Can't say fairer than that. It's twenty uh, eight minutes to one. Uh, Jill's in Beckenham. Jill, question or answer? Answer to the twin question. Oh, marvellous. Um, if they were identical twins, they would have identical genes. Yes. And skin colour is uh, determined by your genes. Yes. So if they look the same, but they have different skin colour, they are not identical twins, and therefore the odds are zero. Yes, the, the biological... Uh, biological principle of identity as opposed to two brothers who just look yeah. really, really similar and have got genetic differences because they're... Because they're not identical twins. Yes. So they, they, they could look very similar to each other, as you say, just like two brothers. So, I, I, I mean, then he would probably say, all right, then what are the odds on two twins being different colours? And I don't think you can calculate that, can you? Unless I don't you... think you can calculate that. It's all down to chance. And counting, well, so all, all odds are, but you could count, you'd need to identify every twin ever born and then divide that by the number of twins that were different colours. Yeah, it'd be impossible to calculate. It probably would. Jill, I'm going to give you a... Oh, hang on, what are your qualifications? I studied a bit of genetics when I was training to be a teacher. That'll do nicely. Thank you very much, Jill. Oh, hang on. Careful, we cut you off in your prime. What were you saying, Jill? That's my fifth one, and you'll say nobody likes uh, uh, somebody who boasts, but that's my fifth round of applause. (laughs) Well, you've you've spoiled my... I'm in fun now. You've taken my life. I would exactly have said nobody likes a show-off. But I always say it with a slight element of tongue-in-cheek, Jill, because I think, despite your terrible boasting there, I'm still the biggest show-off on Mystery Hour. (laughs) Well played. Five in a row. Bill, from Jill to Bill. Bill's in Hammersmith. Question or answer, Bill? It's a question, uh, James. And and Jill's just... James just... uh, Jill just stole my thunder, actually. I've got two round of applause, but this time I've got a question. Go on, 
My dog wakes up, wakes me up at 5.30 every morning demanding yes. a walk. Yes. Yep. And then he sleeps all day. Yes. And I'm lucky enough to work at home sometimes. I'm working at home now, and guess what? He's asleep. And if every time I go and give him a little cuddle, he'll growl at me. And I wondered if there was something to do with the phrase, sleeping dogs, let sleeping dogs lie. And, um, and in fact, be, what I love, well, I don't know. I mean, could can, I do, can I do an interactive with you? Can I put you on speakerphone? He's asleep. I'll wake him up. Oh, no. Go on, then. Go on. Yeah. This works. Go on. I don't know if you can get that. Yeah, loud and clear. Is that is that quite an aggressive sound, or 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 has he had a lot of sprouts? He's just jumping. I'm waking him up. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, no one. I mean, let sleeping dogs lie. Presumably, is a proverb that is born of the fact that if you wake a dog up, it's more likely to bite you. Well, he's not. He's not. No, no, because now he wants to come and play. He's brought a ball to me now. He wants to play. I'm getting a bit confused by where this conversation is going, Bill. I, I, yeah, I, 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 no, that's what happens. So, what's, what's in I, a sentence? What's the question? Well, is is there any kind of where, where did the phrase "let sleeping dogs lie" come from? Because when I googled it around all over the place ages ago, yeah. it had nothing to do with dogs being grumpy. Well, but no, because it's I, a proverb, I, so it means don't. It means don't rake up old arguments, doesn't it? It means it don't don't, don't disturb the, yeah, the status does. quo. Yeah, but he's asleep and he's grumpy when I when I wake him up. So shall but, I let him well, lie? Then don't wake let him up. Let sleeping day. dogs lie. I mean, I, I, well, unless I'm missing something, it's a bit well, blinking obvious. This one, Bill. Well, well, tell him, tell him not to wake me up at five o'clock every morning. He does know, but that's not a dog proverb. <laughs> I don't know, James. I mean, it's just kind of it just bugged me. Well, that's, no, I, they, they, that's the reason why the phrase "let sleeping dogs lie" has become a proverb is precisely because your dog gets grumpy when you wake him up. Does everybody's dog get grumpy when they wake up? How the hell do I know, Bill? Well, ask people. Well, why should I? You're the of all knowledge. I, don't know. I can't do ring me now if your dog gets grumpy when you wake up. Honestly, I'd like to think the uh, bar was set a little higher than that between ten and one on LBC ninety-seven point three, Bill. No. Although, let's see know. what let's see what the news is like tomorrow. I'll keep that one in the locker just in case we need it. We're not. That's not. What do you mean you need to know? It's you know. We all know it's a proverb because your dog gets grumpy when you wake it up. Tony's in Chelsea. Tony, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Go on, Tony. To the St. Cuthbert question. Good man. And apparently, Sossikers have been around about 4,000 years. Yes. And are a sign of uh, peace and love. Yes. Seems a bit ironic, given their use by the, uh, by the Nazis. Well, yeah, but only 100 years of irony compared to 4,000 years of peace and harmony. It was, it, I, I think you're right, and, but I didn't know it had a place in the Christian church. I thought the cross replaced the swastika as a sort of uh, religious emblem. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not clear on the historical background of the um, how the swastika occurred. Um, the only reason I, I know this answer is because I just asked my wife because we went to uh, Durham uh, some time ago oh, yeah. uh, on the way to Edinburgh, That's and right. she, of course, looked at the uh, ceiling as she's a historical buff uh, whose mm. knowledge is almost second to none, and um, uh, so she uh, she knew the answer just like that. Someone's told me, I think, Jakey, that it refers to the wheel of life. You can see how that makes sense, can't you? The sort of the turning of life on the swastika with the way that the four arms are almost in a sort of state of perpetual motion, even though they're not. I, I'm going to give the round of applause, Tony, but I can't give it to you. Ah. All right. Excellent. Is, 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 is your wife there? Yep. She'll, 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 uh, I'll give her half when I see it. No, 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 no. I, I need to speak to your wife. I can't be giving out rounds of applause oh, no, like no. this. This is on the phone. Oh, you rang her up? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like the idea of you ringing her up to try and get yourself a round of applause. <laughs> I, I used to do that a lot when I, because um, whenever questions came up uh, <laughs> when I was travelling around the country, yes. um, working for somebody else, always uh, I used to uh, ring my wife up. And, uh, well, this, and what's I, your wife's uh, name, Tony? Elaine. This is for Elaine. Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Pat's on the M1. Can you answer your question in eight seconds flat, Pat? Uh, very quickly, it's about uh, food on aircraft. Go on. Um, uh, uh, oh, Pat, mate, we missed it. Never mind. We'll do it next week. Here's Julia Harley Brewer. I was happy to wait for it coming up after the one o'clock news. We're going to talk about those raunchy music videos, Miley Cyrus and the like. If you haven't seen them, no doubt it's an opportunity to go and look them up. Is this middle-aged parents being prudish about over-sexualised music videos, or are they, well, we are just soft porn now. We're also going to talk about the latest spate of welfare sanctions, more than half a million people losing their benefits for four weeks or more because they haven't, well, played ball. Uh, But first up, I want to talk about food waste. We're told today that we, on average as a household, have been £60 a month each. That's equivalent to a meal a day. But who's to blame? Is it the supermarkets for selling us too much stuff, or are consumers to blame? You tell me. On FM.